John chapter 17. Our text verse on this morning is verses 20 uh, to 23. And let me just uh, fill you in as you are getting there. Here in John chapter 17, this is the place uh, where you'll notice if you have one of them Bibles that have black in red lettering written in it that everything for the most part in John chapter 17 is written in red. Why? Because this is Jesus speaking the whole time, my friends. And him speaking this whole time is uh, the word of God is given uh, by John chapter 17. It speaks to us of the prayer that Jesus was praying or a part of it anyway, that Jesus was praying right before he was finally arrested and ultimately crucified. So what does that mean? Please stay with me this morning because this is important for each and every one of us, that Jesus was praying in the garden of Gethsemane and it was on the hours probably even minutes at this point before he was about to be arrested by them Roman soldiers and ultimately took him into custody where he would ultimately be handed over to uh, his own people to be crucified on a cross. Hallelujah. Understand this. The word of God also, it didn't say it in John, but some of the other gospel writers, uh, as they mentioned uh, they didn't go into detail of the prayer as much as John did. But uh, the only thing that uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, mentioned in Jesus praying in the garden uh, at them hours right before he was arrested, that he was praying so intensely. See, I want you to understand what's going on here, that he was praying so intensely to God the Father that his prayer as he was praying that he was sweating as drops of blood. His, he was sweating and the, and the sweat was coming out as blood, my friends. Hallelujah. So this, that has to paint a picture to us of the intensity in which he was praying unto God the Father. And he wasn't praying uh, because he was scared or sweating drops of blood because he was scared. He was praying because of the intensity of him and the will that he had to finish that which God, come on somebody, had place before him that he wanted to finish what God had charged him for, for, uh, for him. And, and my question today to each and every one of us, are you willing to intensely finish that which God has placed before you, my friends? Are you willing to do what it takes? And, 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 and what it takes, it starts with just uh, what was just spoken. It takes us believing God. And do you know what believing God is? It's faith. That's what faith is, is believing God. So here, as he believed God when he was here in the flesh, of course, he knew God. He came from God, but now he is in the flesh and he's here to do a job that would please God. In order for him to please God, he had to believe God, my friends. And even to this point of intensity, look at the prayer of Jesus as he begins to pray for you and me, my friends. I don't know, some of us may not even know it, but did you know that Jesus, when he was here on this earth, in the flesh, that he prayed for you? I'm talking about you specifically. Did you know that Jesus prayed for you? Glory be to God. And, and, and I, I pointed at the young man, and when I said Jesus prayed for you, you know what happened? A big old smile came on his face. 
And that ought to be for each and every one of us. Because if you know that Jesus has prayed for you, the only response is a joy that fills your heart and a smile that comes on your face. Come on, somebody in this place today. Jesus prayed for you. And in his prayer for you, look, let's look at verse 20. It says here, John 17, verse 20, he says, I do not pray for these alone. And that reference, if you read before that, he was taught, uh, what he had prayed for right before that was the apostles, uh, his followers at that time. So he specifically prayed for Peter, James, and John, and the rest of the followers at that time. He specifically had a prayer to God for them in his moment in the, the garden right before he was about to be arrested, ultimately crucified. But he did not stop there. He, he says again, I do not pray for these alone, meaning the ones Peter them. But he says, but also I pray for those who will believe in me through their words. Guess who that is, my friend? That is you and me. Glory be to God. That is you and me. Because we have became believers of God through the words of the apostleship. Through the birth of the church for every one of us. As Jesus has came and laid the foundation and he charged them to do greater works, which is a continuous work to carry that word of God forward. And that is the same charge for you and me today, my friends. Not only is it a charge, it's a responsibility as a born again believer, my friend. That your life is to be used for God's message just as you've received it. That it carries on that somebody else receives that message of God the Father uh, at work in the Son redeeming and reconciling the world to himself. Meaning that he was on that cross with his Son. Hallelujah. That he raised Jesus from the dead at the crucifixion to his glory to satisfy himself for what? For the sins of the world, my friends. That we might therefore have the, the, the opportunity to be reconciled. To Somebody say redeemed. Hallelujah. And that means that being back in the right relationship with God. See, we know all of these things intellectually, but God is wanting to speak to our hearts today, my friend. Because this is a serious thing. And the reason why it has to go past our mindset, as many of us understand that, that's why we believe it. But when it touches your heart, my friends, that's when an action or reaction happens. See, just like we sung the song that the, the ocean is falling and, and, and that the heavens is speaking to the earth of how good God is and of his love. And it says that, and then what does it say after that? We are responding. See, we only can respond to, to God's love because we can't know his love until we've been shown his love. And there's only one thing after that is a response, my friend. Come on, somebody. See, this is why the word of God tells us in 1 John that we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. See, the thing is, is you can't love God if you don't know that God loves you first. And many people try to, to, to think that they love God. Or, 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 or profess that they love God and they have never experienced his love. You don't love him. You don't know him. Many people think that they know God and they have never experienced God. 
See, it's impossible according to the word of God to know him if you haven't experienced him. It's impossible to the word of God that it, to love him if you have not received his love. See, we've been teaching this thing somewhat twisted and, uh, and, and somewhat backwards, my friends. But the word is very clear that we only are responding to his love in there. And I know for, for because of the, the, the man or the natural ma uh, humanity in us, see, because we learn and we, we, you know, from, from even from a baby, we learn how to, the, uh, we don't want to respond to anything. We want to be the innovator of everything. Not so, my friend. Not when it comes to God and God Almighty. Uh, Almighty. See, this is something that has, has, has messed us up, to, to say the least. It, the, the natural thing has messed us up spiritually because we don't understand it. And, th and so when we don't understand it, then we try to, to, to have this love relationship with God as opposed to trying to seek God that we may have the right love relationship with him. Because then we will realize that the only way for us to, that our true position is a responder. We're not the initiator of this relationship. We are only responding. And when we can take our rightful place, my friends, this is where we can be free. Hallelujah, like the song said. Glory be to God. Free to do what? To worship him. Free to praise him. Hallelujah. Free to dance before his throne. Glory be to God. See, some of us ain't free in this place even today because we're trying to initiate a relationship with God instead of respond to the one that he's put right before our face, my friend. My friends, look what Jesus goes on to say here. He says, I do not pray for them alone. And this is good news right here. But also for those who will believe in him and me through them. Verse 21, that they may all, this is what he prayed for you, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us. Hallelujah. That the world may believe that you sent me. And verse 22, it says, and the glory which you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be what? One just as we are one. I in them and you in me and that they may be made perfect in oneness and that the world may know that you have sent me and I and have loved them as I as you love me. Come on somebody. See here, this is awesome news. Somebody might be wondering right now, you didn't talk about a whole lot of things, but the bottom line is, my friend, is that we need one another to survive. And the proof is in the pudding because this is what Jesus' prayer was for your life, that we could be one with one another. This is, see, here again, because why? Because this is how God, somebody say God, has orchestrated this to go. This is God's plan. This is how he's orchestrated it, even to the point that if you skip down to verse 26, the last uh, verse of this chapter in, in, of his prayer, he ends his prayer with this. And I have declared to them your name, God. 
and will declare it. That the love which, which you love me may be in them and I in them. See, it is God's desire, it is Christ's desire to be in us, that to be operating in us is what this means. And, in, and, and his mode of operation is to make us one with one another, one with thee, O Lord, is that we may be one with one, in order to be one with him, then we have to be one with one another. In order to say that we love God, then we have to be able to love one another. This is why his word says in 1 John, somebody know these verses, come on somebody, in there, that how can I say that I love God whom I have not seen and hate my brother whom I have seen? The word of God says that we are a liar and the truth is not in us. Because in order to love God, he says that you first have to love one another. This is God telling us and stirring up in us as we are continuing to move uh, through this time and space. Which we, uh, what are, So what are you saying, Pastor John? As we continue to draw nigh to the end of days, my friend, that God is calling forth the church that to, to walk in this oneness, to, uh, to realize that we need one another to survive. I pray for you. You pray for me. This is what uh, a part of the oneness that we begin to love one another as he has loved us. Not uh, as we love ourselves that come with conditions that changes from one day to the next, my friend. See, the love that Jesus loved us with, it carried him all the way to the cross, my friend. Do you hear what the Lord is saying to you right now? See, because it's been far too long. And I ain't just talking about us in this room, but the church as a whole, we didn't heard all of these things, but it ain't went past no, past, no further than the mindset. It has not re reached and penetrated unto the heart. Why? How can you say that, Pastor John? Because the evidence is in the fact that when it reaches your heart, manifest change is going to come forth. We ain't going to just keep saying the words. The actions will begin to follow, my friend. So we won't just be saying I love you, but then we're knocking you upside the head every chance we get. Or we, I won't just be saying I love you, but then I'm trying to pick your pockets every time you look around. We won't just be saying I love you, but then every chance I get a chance to cheat and do this, that, or whatever, everything that I get a chance to do that's motivated out of myself, then I find myself doing. Come on. And God, right now, we're going to just stop and slow down just right there for a second because if nobody outside of these walls here, this God is wanting to speak to you today, my friend, wherever you are in there. And this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of love that he's compelling you because of the love of, that he has for you that you got to come on. I know that you love me, but I need you to come now. You got to move past where you at right now. You cannot stay in that place. Yes, my grace has been sufficient and it kept you right there. But now my grace is moving on. You're going to stay right there. You got to come. So now it, it takes us really now allowing the truth of God's word to now manifest itself or touch the depths of our hearts that, the, that in doing so, that the, the, the change is going to come. 
The change is going to come. And this is just on a sidebar, but somebody needs to hear, uh, know this. Thank you, Lord. This morning, that uh, some of us, the the change is not fully manifested because we're trying to do it instead of trusting God to do it. You know, and, and, it, and it's come from a good place in your own heart and, 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 a de- and even a desperate place in your own heart. But there's tools and proper tools to be used on any job. You can't use the wrong, you can't use a, 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 a screwdriver to, 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 to drive out a nail that you didn't hammer it in the wrong place. If you do, you're going to tear up the wall and everything else and it ain't going to work very well. You're going to be messed up so much more. And this is how we do. We're messing up so much more in our life because we're trying to do what God, only God can do. Because we won't let him do it. And God is saying, today is that day that I am here in your presence to deliver you and to set you free from all, from even yourself. Hallelujah. Because many of us, our problem, our biggest problem has been ourselves. This is the reason why the word of God tells us in the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus told his disciples like early on in the ministry that if a man will follow after me, let him deny himself. It's time for us to begin to deny ourselves, my friends, in order for us to, to take on the new character and to walk in this new man that God has called us to walk in because in order for us uh, to, to fulfill the, the, the will of God in our lives or to, to, to uh, allow of his good pleasure to be operating in our lives, then we have to be submitting to God's way uh, of how he wants to operate in our lives. And he's called us to a new character and to walk in a new man. Hallelujah. The book of Colossians chapter 3 speaks to that. Go there with me if you can real quickly. We ain't going to be too long, but Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 speaks uh, of that direct fact. Why is God doing it this way? First of all, because it's, it's his prerogative. Hallelujah. He can do what he will if you, if you got to ask. But then furthermore, he, he loves us enough that he'll give us a little insight, my friend, because you need him to do it this way. Because any other way, my friends, it will inject you. It will, and you being injected will contaminate the formula, my friends. Oh, let me just say that again, because somebody in here, because I said you, it would inject, it, be, it would inject us. It would, I would be injected into the formula, and when I'm injected to the formula, what God is doing, it only brings forth a contamination to the formula. It gives the formula cooties. If you know what that means, my friends, it messes the formula up, glory be to God. So he needs, he has to do it this way. He's saving us from ourselves. So he's calling us and charging us because we need one another to survive. He's planned it that way. And see, so many of us, we, we come on somebody. We don't think that we need anybody. Oh, I don't need them. Where's that? I won't, we're going to slow down just for a second because we're, and probably every one of us didn't, in here then said it, or if we didn't say it, we thought it. Well, I don't need you. Well, I don't need him. I don't need them. Where does that come from? It comes from a place in us when, when something that went the way that we ain't wanted to go, or we ain't getting the, what we wanted to get. When we are not, whatever it is, is what 
it was against what I, somebody say I, I wanted or how I wanted it done, then I'll say I don't need you. I'll do it myself. See, that's the problem is I in there. So God just wants to show us the picture because this is befitting for every one of us under the sun. And it's a charge and a challenge that God wants to, I don't care how young you are and, and God don't care how old you are. This is a, he wants to speak to your heart because there's a part in a place in every one of us that he wants to change. He wants to rearrange that it will never be the same. That it can't be. Not to, if, if, if our lives is going to truly fulfill the good pleasures of God's will, my friend. So here in Colossians chapter 3, let me get there with you. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, look at this really fast. My God, how awesome. This is his name. He says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another because we need one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, think about it. Even as Christ. See, some of us know that it, it took Christ and Christ alone. We needed Christ's forgiveness. And it says, even as Christ has forgiven you or forgave you, you so also must do. You must also do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, my friends. To which you also were called how? To one body. He has designed it for oneness and unity, my friends. So we cannot think that we don't need one another. Matter of fact, the truth of the matter is I need you to survive. I need you. We need one another to survive. This place that tells me, well, I don't need you is, is, is nothing but pride and pride is an abomination unto the Lord. And ain't nothing about our lives full of pride that will please or can please God. So yes, this message is a message to the church. He's not talking to the sinner man. See, I know many times we go to the church and, and, and we think the message is all about the sinner man that needs to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. No, he's talking to those that have accepted him as Lord and Savior. Now he's talking to us. Come on, somebody. Somebody say he's talking to me. I didn't hear you. See, somebody didn't say that as though he ain't talking to them. Don't let pride catch you, my friend. Because the truth of the matter, whether you said it out of your mouth, the thing is that your heart said it. Because you, it needs to be said in your heart that God is talking to me. Why? Because he loves you and he wants to change me. And we need one another to survive. There's so many people and many of us, if it ain't you, you know people that they just won't, 
you know, they, they think they can do everything on their own. They don't need nobody. That's not true, my friends. Look at verse 17. It says, and whatever you do in word and deed, do it also in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whether you think that you need or what you think you need or don't, then know that it's God's plan that he worked through Jesus. It's the reason why we all need these things. Romans chapter uh, 4. Go very quickly. We're going to hit a couple of scriptures and come to the end of our message here. Romans chapter 14. We need to look at Romans chapter 14 really quick because the truth of the matter is that things, where's our heart at? It's speaking to the, you know, if we understand that we need one another to survive, then we, we got to understand the truth of God's word that tells us and that it spells out very plain and clear that, uh, that it's for us to, for, um, that righteousness and peace be our desire for one another, that that's done through righteousness and peace. Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not just eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Some, uh, I heard somebody read this before and they said it was righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Same, same. For he who serves Christ and these things are acceptable to God and approved by man. See, there's only one acceptability from, of God and approval by man. And, and, and the, the approval by man is just an added bonus because it's about being approved or acceptable by God. And that is through righteousness uh, with a heart to make peace and have joy, hallelujah, with one another in the Holy Spirit. This has to be our aim and our goal. Look at verse 19. It says this, therefore, let us pursue things which makes for peace and the things by which one may edify another. This is what we have to do. Why? Because I need your edification. You need my edification for us to survive. And it's been far too long that you think that you don't need somebody then, and the one that think that they don't need nobody, who they going to edify? No one. We have to understand this, my friends. And some God is speaking, man, I can see it in the spirit. I ain't talking about I can see the person, but I can see the spirit at work in minds and in hearts right now. Because for, for, uh, for so many of us, this has been a dilemma that we ain't even paid no attention to. We've uh, ignored it to the utmost because that's who I am. This is my, how my MO, meaning my mode of operation, this is just how I do things. Well, God is calling you to a new thing, meaning a new man, a new character, glory be to God, that you can no longer stay where you are. No longer. No longer. It is his command that we pursue things which makes for peace and the things by which one may be edified. Do not destroy the work of God for your own sake. Is what it says next. Do not destroy the work of God 
for the sake, in this case, he was talking about food because they wouldn't, oh, I ain't going to give up my food because this guy don't like me to eat meat. Even something as simple as that, this is the example. And we know some more far serious things that we are holding on or uh, uh, to that, we, that, that, will, that won't promote peace to edify another. We rather offend them and say, forget them. God is calling us, my friends, <clears throat> to a place that is far past that. Even to how he says, and in, in, in everybody knows this scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, that he says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Because he is going to take the power of his might to be able to walk in this. We got to denounce our flesh, my friends. How we deal with one another and how we deal with other people of the world. Because many of us, we will stand right on where we are. Because we write. This don't have nothing to do. Did, did it say uh, do this when you write? And that you have a right to stand because you're right? This has nothing to do with right. This has all to do with the character of the man or the woman or the person of God that God is trying to represent in the earth so the light can go out to the darkness. It's time. And we think that we justify it because of, we're right. No, you're going to be rightly unjustified when you stand before the Lord. He's going to say, yeah, you was right. But you're unjustified. Wow. No, because real right and right and justified don't have nothing to do with being right. It has to do with what he says, which is justice. And righteousness and peace in the Holy Ghost, my friend. And it's a bad representation because with these same lips we praise God and, 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 tell, and, and testify to man. But then they look, see our actions when we think he, we, they ain't looking. And they see something totally contra, contra, con, contradictory or contrary to the words that we're saying and the profession that we're making, my friends. Yeah, so God ain't talking to us today about some sin that's going to, oh, that, that you're trying to overcome, that's going, that you're afraid that's going to send you to hell. No, he's talking about a character, a new man that, he's, that his son died for you to put on, to give you a new suit, that you may wear it. So he ain't talking about condemning you to hell. He's talking about putting on the suit that was going, that's going to allow you to flow in righteousness and in peace in the Holy Ghost. That means, so what does that mean? That, uh, that you can be a vessel that is fit for the master's use. That's all this is about. A true vessel. See, because some of us think it's good enough just to be a Christian. I don't have to be no vessel. I ain't fooling with them. No. Did you hear what Jesus was praying in the garden when he was sweating his blocks, drops of blood so intensely because this was his heart? that the Father had gave him. And that's that we will be one with one another. That we could come, that we would be made perfect in him. 
And it's not for you to, uh, to profess perfection. No, it's for you, a light to uh, come through you now that it can shine for, uh, for the, uh, you know, somebody else can come to know him. See, and that's where we fall short at because we think that our salvation is only the salvation that means anything. No, your salvation is the door that opens that God wants to use everything that somebody else may come to know him. Come on, somebody. God is speaking to our hearts on this morning, my friends. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Go there with me as we close here. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, my friends. As we remember that and take on the heart set of we need one another to survive. That we can't, can no longer continue in, in our way. What is that? For, for, for many people, it's a religious way. It's nothing different than what the, the scribes and the Pharisees continued to do. And them are the same people that crucified Christ. Why? Because on the outward part, then they wanted to show that they was good. And they did right. And their hearts was filthy on the inside. And so for many, how does that translate under the new covenant? It translates under the new covenant, Brother Rob, as, as one that... It's on the outside. All, you know, we want to uh, show other people that, oh, I don't do this no more. I don't do that. You know, uh, what you don't do. But you surely won't show them what you do do. You're, you're willing to show what you didn't stop doing, but you sure ain't willing to show what you're still doing. See, and that is nothing no more no, or less than what the, 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 the same people that killed Jesus did. Even to that point, they wanted to prove that they could keep the law and they was lying the whole time. We want to prove that we, we can be good, but then we won't love or, or, or make for peace or, or, to, or allow, humble ourselves enough for God to use us that uh, someone else can be edified, my friends. And that is the whole essence of this journey. <clears throat> we don't understand the blessedness of God, my friends. Because he says here in first, uh, I mean, Ephesians chapter three, verse one, that blessed is the, uh, the blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Listen here, just as he chose us in himself before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. How? In love. In love. That's, all, that's the only way. Because you wasn't going to be holy and blameless before him without sin. That's why he, uh, Jesus had to finish the work. That's what we celebrate today is the finished work of Jesus that he died. For me, for the remission of my sins. But it's in love now that it, which is a response to what God has done. Come on, somebody. That is in love. It says in verse 5, having predestined us to an adoption as sons. How? By Jesus Christ to himself. That is through and by Jesus that we are the sons of the Most High God that we are the blessed of God.
that we now as sons have a responsibility, my friends, to allow just what Jesus prayed for. Father, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. I and you, you and me and uh, me and them. That they may be one, made perfect in us. It is God's desire that we be one. This is why we need one another to survive. And we must take hold of the truth, my friends. Because this truth, just taking hold of it, it changes so much. It changes what you ain't capable of changing, my friends. And this is the blessedness of God. This is how, how we bless beyond measure because this does something that you've been struggling trying to do yourself. When you realize that you need somebody else to, to survive, so instead of trying to hide things from them, you can open up. Instead of thinking you more good, better than somebody else, then you can humble yourself. It does so many things, and, we, and the thing that the very thing that it does. Is it helps us more than it helps somebody else. See, if you knew that you was actually helping some, your, yourself, then maybe some of us would be moved to do this. But the way it's designed, it don't look like I'm helping myself. You only see that when you walk in the door. Wow. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy upon us. As he's calling us to this place, my friends. This is a serious charge to each and every one of us as sons by Jesus Christ. See, because we all want his everlasting love. We all want uh, e uh, eternity in his presence. And that's a given. Thank God because he's faithful and he one that's going to turn back on what he said that he was going to do. But what about us now? Yes. Are we going to do the work that God has called us to do? Are we going to finish what God has called us forth to do, my friends? Are you going to die or deny yourself enough to let God's will be done in your life? This is not all about what uh, so much of church has been made up about the glitz and glamour of what you're going to get. No, the, the truth of the journey, because all you got to do is look at the word of God. You can see it in Paul's life. You can see it in John's life. You can see it in every apostle. Their life was not glitz and glamour, my friends. Their life was a journey on the road lifting up Jesus and it took many sacrifices and it took many things from their life. Even to the point that it took every one of their lives except John. So what do we think this is? No, Jesus died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. He died for all. Now it's time for us to live for him. And this live for him meaning in this life that we give the rest of our days to the work of the kingdom. As he has said that. And it's crazy as we end right here for sure because it's, it's kind of crazy that if we know what the truth is, why are we seem to be led astray? Because when we stand before Jesus, we're going to give an account 
And the count that we're going to give is not the, uh, it's funny because it, it's not the race that many of us is running because many of us is running a race trying to prove to God that we was worth him saving because I stopped sinning or I stopped doing this sin anyway. I'm still working on this one, but I'll stop doing this. I stopped doing that. I stopped doing that in there. As though that's what you're going to give an account for. My friend, you're not going to give an account for the sin that you've done in the body. Jesus already gave an account for, 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 uh, to God for, on your behalf. See, remember what it said? That Jesus already gave an account to God on your behalf. That's why you can be called a son through him. And the account that he gave said a zero balance, my friend. You don't owe anything. Everything has been wiped away as far as the east is from the west. Glory be to God. But the account you are going to give, many of us ain't even running that race or paying attention to that book of business. The account we're going to give is that when the Holy Spirit said love, uh, peace, when he says do this or, or don't do that for, you'll do this for that brother. This ain't got nothing to do with sin. This is about obedience to the Holy Spirit. See, the race that we have to be running is one that is led by the Holy Spirit to do what? The work of the kingdom, my friends. And the work of the kingdom is God wants to use you to love on somebody else that they may see that light and be drawn to you. No, to him, glory be to God. Come on, somebody. It's time, my friends. And we're so worried about our shortcomings and our falls. So we never engage in the real battle, the real fight. And the one that we fight and we can't win. So for me and for you this morning, my friends, all I can share with you is I'm so glad that Jesus died for me. I'm so glad. That he rose for me. Do anybody hear what I'm saying, my friends? I'm so glad. Are you so glad this morning that Jesus died for you? Because it's only through the death of Christ Jesus that we live. That we live, my friends. Play it for me. Play it for me. I'm so glad. Are you so glad this morning? That Jesus died for me. I'm so glad, Lord, that you raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I could not do it for myself. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, Lord. God bless each and every one of you. So you can cut the she can cut the film right now because we just want God to speak to our hearts right now. Are you so glad this morning? Hallelujah. Are you so glad on this morning? Just let the spirit of the Lord speak to your heart right now in the name of Jesus. Turn it up.